0: our program to bring you this important message
1: hi i'm chucky wanna play
0: you know Halloween. i guess everyone's entitled to one good scare be afraid no be afraid be very afraid ghouls and gore and sometimes a little more
1: my bloody podcast (laughs)
0: welcome everybody to my bloody podcast oh it is january 16th and it is going to get bloody as hell this episode it is not necessarily a horror movie because my bloody podcast can be about blood and violence too right doesn't have to be necessarily about horror but you know yeah, right. Right. Uh, I'm Brian Kluger. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I love Jason Statham. And who is sitting across from me right now but the one, the only Denton, Texas man himself, the person who loves yellow and black things that fly around and pollinate. Mmm, pollination. Mm. Preston Barta, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I I think this uh, episode is going to have some sting. And Lots of good puns.
0: Well, the world is a buzz about what we're going to talk about, but you know, we're talking about the zookeeper. Came out this year, came out January 12, 2024. Last week, Zoo and,
1: keeper.
0: yeah, did I say the zookeeper?
1: <laughs> yeah, you went with our uh, Zoom Keeper. I did, I did we with the, the Zoom zookeeper. Keeper, yeah, with Jessica Chastain. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: know, yeah, the beekeeper. I mean, the beekeeper. That would be actually
1: a really good sequel, Beekeeper's Wife. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's a good one. We need to write this down. So The Beekeeper, not a sequel to the Bee movie with Jerry Seinfeld, but The Beekeeper starring Jason Statham was released last week. It is rated R. It was directed by David Ayer. So who is David Ayer? Well, David Ayer wrote U-571. He wrote Training Day, the first Fast and the Furious movie, Dark Blue and SWAT. And then he got into directing and he directed End of Watch. He directed Sabotage, Fury, the World War II movie with Brad Pitt, the original Suicide Squad, sans James Gunn, the Will Smith Netflix film Bright and the recent Tax Collector movie that came out a few years ago. Uh, did anybody see it? Who knows? And then he's done the Beekeeper, the movie. This movie was not written by him. It was written by Kurt Wimmer, who wrote the 1998 movie Sphere, The Thomas Crown Affair, yeah. Equilibrium, The Recruit, uh, Law Abiding City, Law Abiding Citizen. He also did the remake of Total Recall and Point Break. He directed. And wrote uh, a remake of Children of the Corn, and uh, most recently he did he wrote the Expendables four movie. So you have Kurt Wimmer and you have David Ayer and you have Jason Statham coming in for an action movie that comes out in January of twenty twenty four. It uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this particular movie because it perfect that it comes out in January. We are getting a Palette cleanser of nonsense with beekeeper that we have been tasting all of this four hour long drama films Mm -hmm. for the last couple months and the beekeeper is here to set us straight uh is it good is it bad we're gonna we're gonna talk about it but let's first off let's talk about Jason Statham in movies like this. Uh, To me, I love Jason Statham. The guy just is impeccable timing with comedy and action. He is great at it. He's a physical performer. He always delivers those one-liners perfectly. I think he can get very serious and very funny all on the same moment. Don't know how he does it, but I love Jason Statham. What about you?
1: Uh, Yeah, I love him too. Um, I love it when he can... I mean, I enjoy... What he always does which is this superhuman one-man wrecking crew type of person and he's kind of been running with that and so to see him kind of break beyond that like i would love to see him get more vulnerable in films which i don't think is in his contract in the same way it's not in don't you
0: want to see a romantic comedy with with spy, like, a,
1: like more stuff like spy like where he's just a complete idiot
0: Right. But don't I mean, do you want to see him in like a like a romantic comedy like uh, like Notting Hill, like where Hugh Grant is replaced by Jason Statham and he can play an endearing, lovable kind of floppy dork? (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, I I mean, that would make it a lot of fun. It would I don't know if he would feel like some sort of pressure to be like, well, if I'm going to do that, there needs to be some self-aware aspect to it. Or if he could just fully on, full on just transition into something that is something we have never seen before.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's given the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Or if he just doesn't want to do that right now. I mean, I love that The Rock, it's weird. Earlier in The Rock's career, Dwayne Johnson, he was doing really silly roles, bit roles here and there. He did like a, a Scorpion King. He did a hairdresser he did all sorts of crazy things and then he yeah. you know he was doing his action stuff but then like in the middle of that he did a movie called snitch where he was the dad to a, a kid who was uh, wanted for drugs and he's trying to save his kid. And he has no rock capabilities in this movie. He's not beating anybody. He's not punching anyone. He's just trying to save his kid. He's a dad. And I love that role because it's very different for him. It's yeah, it's n- more nuanced than, you know, the one-liner and the action beats like Jason Statham is doing now. But I think he can do it. I think, I for one, I think Jason Statham's a better actor than The Rock. And... I think Jason can do it. Do you do you agree with that? Is that we is that weird
1: to say? I don't know. I don't know if I could say that he's a better actor. I don't I don't know. It's just I'm very charmed by a lot of the stuff. And I love a lot of the stuff that The Rock does. Me too. I, I mean uh Jungle Cruise is a huge film in our house, and I think he's great at delivering puns. I agree. And I love the Jumanji films that he does, and so I don't know. They they hold a very special place in my heart. But I think the totality of their work, I think Jason Statham's stacks a little bit higher in terms of quality. Right, and
0: they they cross over in action comedy movies such as sure. Hobbs and Shaw.
1: Like they, right? It's, yeah, it's crazy.
0: And so, and I would say Shaw
1: is the better version <laughs> or a better person in that in, the, in that film.
0: Absolutely. So with with Jason Statham coming into the beekeeper in 2024. The trailers, you see it and you immediately think, or at least for me, it brings me back to the 90s. It brings me back to those action Schwarzenegger, Stallone, 90s action flicks. And that's what the trailer said to me. What did it, What did the trailer say to you?
1: Yeah, I was getting a little bit of that. I I think I was pretty late to discovering this film. Like it wasn't until I started seeing the poster pop up in some ads and I was like, "Whoa, I didn't even know this movie existed. And I saw the beekeeper and immediately. I'm like, you got a Jason, Jason Statham starring in a movie called beekeeper. Already I'm just thinking this is going to be hilarious. And so. And then I watched the trailer and then you you kind of chuckle. So I guess, yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing as you where, you know, a lot of 80s and 90s action films, they have like these kind of ridiculous concepts and they have this one man wrecking crew type of thing where like this guy can just not be stopped. And and then after like the John Wick movies you kind of you have some interest in this this other world or underground society type of thing or uh, extended leg of the government or whatever you want to call it. it has a little bit more going on like there's something underneath the surface and so all of that intrigued me and then just the fact that you know a lot of elderly people are becoming victim of scams and so it was relevant and you just kind of see this work happening uh, behind the scenes. Um, and then that's that's like the thing that sets Jason Statham's character off. Well, I was like, okay, yeah, this sounds like a good time. A good time January movie.
0: It does. And so I got to imagine with watching the movie, this had to be like a water cooler situation where execs were trying to figure out a project and we're like, what do we do? Can we do John Wick? No, we can't do John Wick. Can we do something like John Wick? Can we get Keanu Reeves? No, Keanu Reeves is unavailable. Can we get Jason Statham? Yeah. Get Jason Statham in here. What are we going to do? Well, can we, can we make like John Wick with Jason Statham, but just like tweak a little, like, Mm words and like but have this cold different world instead of assassins let's put him in the military and he just has to fight his way through of revenge because something bad happened to him at the beginning of the film and like instead of a dog they've done a dog let's do an old lady because people like dogs people like old ladies and it's it's so similar and it's and with john wick you're in it because it's serious and it's great, even though you laugh through the movie. And after the first film, it really took a hold of like this cultural phenomenon. And you're always like rooting and laughing, but it's grounded in seriousness. Yeah. The beekeeper is not. The beekeeper is over the top action. It can even go into uh, naked gun territory at times. It, But it's in like this whole arena that john wick is in like i wouldn't say it's a sibling movie but i can say you could say it's like the redheaded step sibling of john wick uh the one that you just kind of don't like <laughs> but you 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 have to uh and i just imagine that that was the scenario in coming up with the beekeeper because you have david ayer and you have kurt wimmer both have done great films and both have done really bad movies yeah. And it seemed like with this one they just wanted to have fun together and do something with Jason Statham and perhaps create a franchise. So I saw this movie, I saw I, saw, I was at a press screening of it. It was packed. Um it was it was not an empty seat in the house. And it first off, I was really excited that it was rated R. I didn't know if I was going to get a one of those action movies or like some of the horror movies that come out this time of year. They're PG-13, so they can be scary and fun, but they just kind of lack that extra oomph that you want to see yeah. gore and violence and blood for yeah. my bloody podcast. And I'm very happy to report that Beekeeper goes all the way. Uh, and it's very evident early on because there's a lot of cursing. And then the violence comes to perfectly. And after watching it, I mean, during watching it and after watching it, I was like, oh my God, I had such a good time with this. This is exactly what I need. I I mean, if this came out in the middle of the summer with all these big other films, I don't know if I would have reacted to it as well. But sure. coming out right now is a perfect time. And I loved it. I fell in love with the, the what they're trying to do, even though I could see that they're doing John Wick completely. But having way more silly fun with it. And I loved I love that fact that they just didn't give a shit like the, the movie makes no sense, yeah. but I loved it. I, I really like the hardcore silliness of it. Uh, and I like Jason Statham. And I love when movies have villains that are so goddamn over the top <laughs> that they're cartoons of themselves. It, it even makes it the more better. Because there's no nuance or subtlety in this film at all. Um, but I really like this movie. But... I believe Hmm. my dear colleague and friend and fellow podcaster had a different take on it. And I'm really curious what it really is. I can't wait to tell him that he needs to love this movie. And I wonder if we saw it together, if we would have had a better, if he would have had a better experience, but please Preston.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we, uh, because we tend to have, this, cause we're usually sitting right next to each other and we'll jab each other in the elbow and make a comment pretty early on in films, at least after 15, 20 minutes, whether we like it or not, cause we'll be like, oh man, it's so good right now. Or, um, or this is just really bad. And I don't know if it's going to redeem itself here. And I, and I saw this with my wife on opening night on Friday at the Alamo Drafthouse and the theater wasn't completely full, but it was full enough to where you would get some responses to some of the things that were happening on screen. Um, and then usually when I watch like my reactions or maybe like I put on, I don't know, this is like, I'm analyzing it right now. Like what kind of critic hat I put on when I'm around you versus my wife. Um, so are you I'm, a different I'm- critic?
0: Why are you a different critic? wait, 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 wait. You're a different, you wear a different critic hat if you're around me and around your wife?
1: I don't, well, I don't know. Uh, I'm just teasing the possibility. I wouldn't...
0: Like, does that mean, like, you you would like something more if you were around somebody different?
1: Like, maybe I would be more relaxed towards something. Like, maybe if we had saw this together, maybe I would have seen it the way that you reacted to it, which is that, yeah, this is just... You know, like every if you imagine being transported uh, uh transported, uh, back in time to uh, something in the 80s or 90s and you're watching something that doesn't make a lot of sense and things like that. I don't know. But part of me still thinks and I guess I'm kind of getting to my opinion on this film now is that. There are moments in this film where it can be very silly and funny and I'm enjoying it. Uh, the the puns and things like that, even though they hammer this over your head so much. I think even you joked about it in our text about how many times they say the hive in it. Um, (laughs) They do. (laughs) We got to protect the hive, protect the hive. And uh, the the moment where I uh, thought, okay, I don't know about this movie is when my wife snickered at him being very serious in this moment after a uh, mo- the, the moment in the film that, that sets him off on this uh, killing rampage is, um, or at least to try to find the people that are uh, behind it all, is uh, when he is trying to use the analogy of a hornet and smoking out the hornet. And so when he said that part in the film, I'm just like, oh my God. Like both my wife and I are like, Jesus Christ. But
0: there's no subtlety or or anything yeah there's not movie.
1: but i think if i think you should be able to admit that this movie is tonally inconsistent and that is a problem for me if a movie is going to be 80s or 90s action silliness ridiculousness it needs to fully embrace that and i think it has moments where it embraces that but then there are moments where it's very serious and it's trying to do something on a john wick level well, and like, what, what part what john... of that
0: is what, what part do you think that it's serious because i was trying to find the seriousness in this movie because i always thought it, like, it was over the top because i think john wick in the first movie is very serious part two mostly but three and four they're in their own world and they're having fun with it right
1: yeah, but it's usually it's when the the world building aspect of it is coming into play. So like the whole beekeeper thing that's going on. I think there are there are um so if it's going to be something silly It needs to probably do some more of those puns and like and be a little more goofy with it or just the fact that uh, or like you would have a certain uh, a certain kind of response from like, for instance, when he goes into the building that is like one of the pockets of this entire operation, or at least regionally is taking advantage of older people or people falling victim of scams. And so it's like this whole office that, and you have like this character that's kind of like a, a Dave Franco type. That's just, um, <laughs> a schmarmy <yeah>. dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going for like Wolf of wall street type of thing. Like, Oh God, I got him. God. So, like yeah.
0: That. he's He's even like walking through the floor, talking to people just like Leo was, I guarantee yeah. you. Wolf of Wall Street was watched before they filmed that scene.
1: Yeah, definitely. But when Jason Statham walks into the office and is trying to strike fear into them, like he's like, I'm not messing, I'm not fucking around, man. Like he's like slamming things on the desk or like th- putting people in, th- uh, like threatening them and things like that or trying to get them out the door. I, I don't know. I don't know if, if he would have taken it like a little more comedically and just did some moments in within that office, like he has a few like slight moments, but I just like, it was like a tug of war going on with comedy and intensity. And I just couldn't quite figure out what it was really trying to say, not that it's really trying to say anything, but I don't know, I was just trying to figure out its tone. And I felt like it was flip flopping a little bit too much here and there. And I think when you walk away, yeah, you're thinking about those funny moments and, but, I still had this experience of it feeling like I was kind of chuckling to myself here and there, or maybe just because it was doing this whole world building thing or trying to achieve something that's on par with John wick. But the thing with John wick is that, yeah, it's hard to believe that somebody could fall down the stairs that many times and survive or jump out of windows or get hit by cars. But there's like a care with its characters or there's just a constant intrigue with the John Wick films that if you're going to try to go for that, go for it and 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 then have some very unique moments. Like I can't... With the action, I don't know if it's it was really that special. It, no, it,
0: it wasn't special at all. You don't have... Stileski there and you don't have uh, what's his other name like the people that made John Wick know how to film an action scene perfection here with David Ayer and Kurt Wimmer and the people behind this they're having fun with it and what they do is super fun and great but is it filmed like a John Wick movie or as good no not at all like you want kind of more from Beekeeper in that aspect I think because there's some great moments because so it's the first movie and you compare it to John Wick. John Wick is basically gun gunplay. Like you you're shooting people, maybe a little bit of like the grappling and punching and kicking, but that's it. It's not until part three where you're getting into knives and swords and everything else. Uh, this first movie, it I mean, there's a scene where a dude chops off a guy's fingers with a buzzsaw. No. Let's him get away, <laughs> and then catches up to him just to fuck with him. Ties him to a car. And I mean, it, it's it's insane. Like I don't that is I just
1: I don't think that guy would have died. I'll just say, it. <laughs> you never I don't know. think he was. I don't think he smacked that other side of the bridge. If he had done that, like then I would be like, okay, like because if he got like slingshotted all the way over there. Uh, yeah. Smack I side. mean
0: but it, but that's like the cartoon aspect of this, whereas John Wick is more serious. And, and again, not to mention that either version is bad. I just think John Wick's operating on a different plane than anybody else in the action genre, yeah. as we saw.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I just think that it's obviously taking narrative beats and trying to achieve something within that. So you can't say it's unfair to bring it up. Um, But it's like hard not to just kind of compare the two. And so when I'm thinking about what it, how it's operating within its serious moments and how it's operating within its ridiculous moments. Like, I, you know, when I'm thinking about the serious moments, I'm comparing it to John Wick. If I'm thinking about the ridiculous moments, I'm thinking about a lot of the other films that Jason Statham has been in when he can have, like, these goofy one-liners and, uh, like, kind of be silly with, like, the violence a little bit. But there's just, like, moments in here where I'm like, I don't know what to really think of that. Like there's a moment with one of the agents whose name is, uh, Matt Wiley. He's played by, uh, Bobby Nadiri and he's like the, uh, partner to, of the, of the daughter that, so the, the, the old, so the story is that there's an old lady, um, who, who is, who, False victim of a scam. And then when that moment happened, played by uh, uh, Felicia Rashad. God. And so I'm, I, I was kind of into that moment because I was like, no, don't. Like they're, they're laying down those proper steps of throughout the scam of like where you're as an audience member seeing both sides. And so you're like, oh, no, don't do that. Like, don't don't sign into your bank account. And and then she's a part of this thing. Uh, I'm going to kind of break sidebar a little bit. Here and say that I was kind of frustrated that after she falls victim and loses all of her money, um, she, uh, I guess there's like some spoilers here. We hope that you've seen the film, Uh, but this is at least the first half of the movie that sets things off. So I think you'll get a sense of that from the trailer is that uh, so when she falls victim of it, she doesn't live with her daughter but has some sort of relationship with her and, she, and her daughter is a police detective, I think. Um, and so she the, uh, Felicia Rashad's character commits suicide after she falls victim because she was she had all the tie, she had connection to all the funds that were a part of this charity organization and she lost two million dollars. And so she kills herself and so I felt kind of bothered by that. I felt that. Right.
0: I mean, that's so you bring that up and that's like the silly part of it, because I don't think anybody in their right mind would immediately do that. Like they would try and call and like, hey, I got scam and fraud. Stop bank payment. No, she just immediately goes to kill herself. And it's like that's so stupid and silly.
1: Yeah, I think what would have made it interesting and, and I probably would have liked the movie a little bit better is if they tried in moments like this is that so with a lot of these scams that are happening today, like you hear about it, especially if you're a younger person researching it for your your parents, um, like, hey, don't answer the call because they most likely are recording your voice using AI tools to do that. And so they could record um, my my parents voice and they could call me and say and use her my my mom's exact voice and say hey i'm having some trouble with our bank account. any chance you could wire me some money and like that's how so if it would have been interesting to me if they had got the daughter involved and did something like that to where like maybe it was her fault that all this happened then maybe killing herself wouldn't have been too much of a stretch but i think it would have been a fair a, far more interesting film to me if there was that complicated relationship there because right of that.
0: and and there's not they don't they don't have time to do that i mean they could have yeah. time but they don't do it they it's just they want to get to jason statham kicking ass yeah as soon as possible and at least with john wick you had more to go on
1: yeah um, you'll have moment you'll have, with john wick you'll have moments where it's saying something a little bit more amid right. these, all these extended fight sequences.
0: Yeah. But can we go back to that, uh, that agent, the, the aid, the partner of the, yeah. woman, the, the woman, the girl partner, that the, the daughter of the deceased was, is like the worst character. She sucked. I did not like her at all, but yeah, her partner
1: he, yeah. is he solid driving. gold.
0: Like the, the, Oh my god, he's so great. He he's like that Lisa detective in Megan. I want more of him. <laughs> uh because like well there's like there's so many every scene with him is great, but there's one scene in particular where the two of them uh, the the daughter and him, the partner are sitting at a desk and she's talking about something and he's just like, fuck, I am just like, I just want you to be quiet for once.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that was so great. I was like, Oh, I love this. Yeah. Connection. He's more natural with right? like this, like not caring kind of thing, but also just like saying a lot of these things that we would probably be thinking in moments like this. So like his, the honesty of him and the genuineness of him was far superior to, and, and I feel the exact same way. Uh, I, I'm sure uh, the actress Emmy Raver Lampman, who plays Agent Verona Parker, the the daughter of the deceased, is um, maybe better in other films, but here she was saying some lines, and even when she had to say the f word, like it seems like she was struggling a little right. bit to try to, or like I didn't believe that she would talk like that. So yeah, there was that. There was just not a lot of believability with her character, but believed it and enjoyed it a lot more with Bobby Nadiri as the agent. And what I was saying with the agent earlier is that there's a moment where Jason Statham actually catches up with him and lets him go, like just like kind of bumps him on the head. And so I don't that moment I didn't. I was just constantly trying to, and this is the nonsense part that you're talking about that you're alluding to at the beginning of like what is this guy's view on justice? I don't know. Like the whole time he's just like, so uh, I, I made a joke on our Instagram or, or uh, our chat that we do with our friends at uh, fear and loathing in cinema where I was like, he's Jason Statham's logic in this film is essentially like, he's very much like peacemaker where he's like, I'll kill every woman, uh, man, woman and child in in the name of peace because the whole time he's like, you know, I want justice for uh, Felicia Rashad's characters because the police are not going to do their jobs to get there. And he does that.
0: Because he gives everybody a chance to not do it. Like even like the call centers, he's like, everybody put their phones down. Repeat after Until me. The very I end. will not do that. I will not do this. And they just look at him and laugh and the heads of these, these, uh, these scams get in his face. And he's like, not going to listen, you know, and then he gets violent. He gives everybody a chance or two, to like, I,
1: don't, I would agree with that until the very end. I think there, when we get to the end and he's, uh, because at that point, those officers, like he's starting to take out same, some of the same people that are on those two agents, field, like they're, I feel like there's a blending of both the people that are trying to protect the house or whoever lives in the house. And then there are the the agents and everything that are involved that have been involved since the very beginning. And a lot of these people are just doing their jobs, like and especially whoever whoever owns the house, they have a security team. Um, and you understand why those people would do their jobs to their full ability to take out this person because that's all they know. And so Jason Statham doesn't quite give them as much of a chance as he does some of the other people in the film because I do agree with you, like at least in those offices, he's like, you know, I got to burn this mother to, to the ground. I'm giving y'all a chance to get out of here. And then, yeah, you get that main guy that's just refusing to leave and he, he doesn't seem like he's... Changing his belief in like how flawed of a the operation they're involved in um and then that's why he takes it to that level and the same thing kind of goes down but until that very end that that was the moment where I was like, well he's not exactly like just you know doing the Batman thing where he's shooting people in kneecaps and uh like knocking them out. He did that with the task force that was outside of the bank um at the or that one office that they were trying the second office that they were trying to get to because there was the task that that was fun like him doing the kind of um what's the public enemies uh, type of thing Uh, i can't remember that john dillinger like where he kind of goes into the police station yeah to kind of humor himself and so he's obviously Jason Statham's characters humoring himself in that moment by interacting with those guys outside the the building. But then he starts getting a fight with them. Doesn't kill any of them, just not kicks their asses as that one guy says. Um, so it was until the very end where I was like, no, at this point he just doesn't care. And I felt like the character kind of got away from them a little bit. So just the Ill- illogicness, I guess of Everything, it kind of, fa- it failed, it it failed the character in the end to just be a shoot em up type of thing. And so if you're going to, if you're going to dangle some of those things out there in terms of its seriousness, or you want us to get a, to feel for the characters or what, what have you, like if, if you're trying to do all those things, follow through with it. Don't make me scratch my head over it. And then, especially
0: yeah, in a movie like this,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially so that's why movies. it doesn't get my stamp of approval, uh, really. Because if I want to watch Jason Statham be a one-man wrecking crew type of movie with moments of grand intensity and interesting characters and uh, a, an overall interesting structure, I would watch Wrath the Man. I think that is a great movie that he's in. And uh, my wife would disagree because we watched that the other day. And she was she was like, ah, I'm so done with Guy Ritchie's view on like just white men coming. I don't want to speak for her too much, but she uh, she wasn't too impressed with that movie as much as I am. And uh, yeah, she did not like this movie. And I have to agree with her. I think this movie is a bit of a mess, um, but maybe if I watch it again, I try to see some of that that fun that that's in it. But I think I would just turn to another film that. Is better accomplished with doing some of those things
0: i think this movie is a lot of fun and to go on that at the very end of the movie where he's taking out the other people i just think that he has that mindset he's got to kill josh hutcherson's character and anybody who's protecting him at that moment he's going to take out because everybody comes at him uh and he has to defend himself and he's going to do it and not just shoot him in the kneecaps, Terminator 2 style. He's going to go all the way because they do introduce like a, you know, a boss level villain or a boss level uh, opponent who's like this Australian guy with one robotic leg and who just seems unkillable. You gotta
1: an amputee, uh, Wolverine. Or, yeah, or something.
0: It, it was so funny and that i mean that was the best fight of the movie because it just keeps going on and on and everybody's getting stabbed and it's like seems everybody seems unkillable uh but i i like that in that moment and again you have a character like josh hutcherson plays who's just the slimiest greasiest grossest human alive and it's it's silly. It's all silly, and I don't think it's supposed to make any sense. I just think we are supposed to see that Jason Statham can take out anybody, anytime, any place, and he's going to get the job done. Do I think as a first movie it works? Yes. I think as a second movie, I think they're going to go to different places with it. Hopefully, because you know, with these beekeepers like the John Wick assassin world. We saw another beekeeper enter the fray, and it's just this crazy mohawk chick who comes yeah. in who has like this crazy car with a minigun and they have like their lore. And it just seems like there's gonna be a lot of people like that as they it looks like on one of their old computers, which was great by the way. It's how um John Wick Universe did it. They do these old like 1960s computers because it's hack hacker-free, basically. Um, I like that to it, but it's like the same stuff. And it looks like there's a lot of these other beekeepers around the world. Um, But all those
1: things that you mentioned, like with them doing the old computers and stuff, it like it irritated me how how unoriginal it was being with with that sort of thing. Like I, I I don't want to watch a carbon copy type of thing. I want it to be inspired by it and then find its own path to do that. And I don't think there was a one hundred percent confidence within that because then you start to question like Jason Statham's character Adam Clay, how he in he's in he's a retired he's retired he was a part of this beekeeper thing and he's retired now to like John Wick be, John Wick
0: was retired too yeah, yeah
1: to yeah. actually be a fucking beekeeper like who's doing honey are the other beekeepers who retired do that too it's what it seems know. like
0: because that chick had like the beekeeper like hand flip with
1: her yeah but she had the book but that 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 was like to inform like what their what the operation that they're in and their belief system and like how the the algorithm of of their their killing that they do like you know with the with the queen bee uh, and stuff like that but do they are they that connected to it to where that would be the interesting thing to me if they explored that a little bit further in the new one because that would make if they make a second one is if they did some deeper dives into like what does that all that mean are they, they so spiritually connected to bees that they think about it in that way I don't know that would be that would make it different and more fascinating to me and, and so like for it to just kind of like I said earlier like dangle these things out like I, I have some questions. And I, no, of
0: course. I, I, um, again, I think it's a water cooler situation. They wanted their own. They wanted their own John Wick, and yeah. this is what they came up with with the, with what they had.
1: Um, I think we need to uh, uh, hit up J- uh, Chad Stahelski and have him share his thoughts on this. We should. <laughs> we should. I was about. like,
0: Chad, did you see this movie? And like, were you just going through your mind, like, wait, this is my movie, but worse yeah or
1: are you like even uh, though i liked the movie i
0: i do like this movie it's silly it's action it's jason statham it's dumb and silly i really liked it and i think they can build a really good franchise out of it if they really lean into the the atmosphere of it and like pick a side basically um because here they're just throwing everything at the table and if it sticks if it doesn't stick i still had a great time i think it was very entertaining and worthy of
1: a franchise yeah he did bring up josh hutcherson and i kind of enjoyed uh the comment that commentary because i feel like that's pretty accurate to like these uh uh we crash type of places um those offices where they're doing where it's a bunch of young people who have like these corners where they're doing meditation and things like that. And I like the bowls
0: that. and like the sounds. Oh yeah. yeah. And they they rolled all of those elements into one character and it was yeah. so great.
1: Yeah. So I, I actually enjoyed that and I found that pretty funny.
0: Yeah. I, I like that too. That was good. Um, How would you feel about Jeremy
1: Irons in this movie?
0: There's so many people in this movie. I was like, who else is showing up here? And and I guarantee you, the filmmakers were saying this is going to be the next John wick. And they're all like, yeah, let me be a part of this. I like Jeremy irons. Uh, He's the one that kind of gets away. Like I think he was good at one point, but he's lost sight of himself and he's just a pawn and a puppet (laughs) (laughs) that's being used in this movie. But it's, it's great that this seemingly powerful man with this powerful voice is being fucking led on and his boss is like a 25-year-old shit stain of a person and it's great to see it happen <laughs> and he plays it well
1: yeah i think he's i think he's fine um i i feel like the last movie that i saw him in that i kind of enjoyed what he was, what he was doing was the movie high rise from like 10 years ago I the remember ben that movie where they're essentially kind of doing their own version of battle royale, or uh, you know, trying to get to the top. And so there's a lot to say. I I enjoyed like his maliciousness in that film by comparison to this one. Uh, but I did I did enjoy the one line in this film when when it comes to like the the twist so to speak, which I won't reveal. Um, but there's a point where he's reaching out to or talking to Josh Hutcherson's character and says, "I need you to reach out to." your your family and as a way to kind of protect us (laughs) and i found that really funny um but overall i don't know he was just there
0: yeah it was uh i enjoyed it i I will see it again um i won't see it in the theater again i will wait till it comes out and i will probably enjoy it more hopefully there's like a. am hoping this is like one of those movies where on blu-ray there's gonna be like 20 30 minutes of deleted scenes that we didn't get and that might like round out some of the things, but looks like they had a good time. Uh, I liked it. Um, I I gave it a pretty positive review. I stick by it because it is, I, I had a ball. Um, I will revisit it when I see it again, but uh, I feel like Preston saw it with me um, and my friend that went with me to the theater when it, Crowd full of people that were enjoying it and crowd pleasing, clapping.
1: I think you would have enjoyed it more. Maybe, uh, but I still feel like I would have challenged it and maybe not have been as forgiving of the things that it tried to do. I think I still would have been strong about that because I, I the, the only interaction that my wife and I had that where we kind of chuckled together was at that Hornet scene that I was talking about, but everything, I didn't know how she felt about the whole movie until the very end. And then she asked me what I thought of it and I was like, I didn't really like that much. And then she's like, yeah, I didn't like it either. So <laughs> I spoke first. Um, <laughs> well, there we go.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was fun. I'll, I'll buy bloody pie and in the, the gore, in the blood, there is gore. There's blood. Uh, it's not like entrails and muscles falling out of the body, but it is. You see, fingers get cut off, you see, uh, you see some I, blood.
1: Yeah, the, the the fight scene that you're talking about with the Wolverine guy was pretty brutal at the end. We're like, oh man, Jesus, yeah, they're, they're cutting each other's faces yeah.
0: and throats and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, and many drivers in this movie totally forgot about. Yeah, that. many
0: drivers in this movie. I saw that in the credits like going into the movie and then she's in it for like a minute and a half and her character yeah. is like nothing. Like, I don't yeah. know if it planned to be something else or if she's going to be planned for more in sequels, but there, it could have been anybody.
1: Yeah. She was like, I do not want to be in a scene with Jason Statham.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. It's going to happen. Mark my words. It's made like 25 million at the box office so far. So it's not, it's not terrible. So and it's and it's fun to see in a this Oscar Beatty movie stuff right now. It's better than Night Swim, um. So there you go. That's my bloody podcast, uh, the Beekeeper. It's out right now.
1: Yeah, it is out. <laughs> it is out.
0: I recommend going to see it. I think it's fun as shit.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I've I, I'm chasing a different um palette cleanser uh i i kind of like the movie role play that's on amazon prime right now or prime video i think that one's a little more successful even though it also kind of struggles with tone a little bit um but i found that a little more satisfying i'm trying to think if there's anything else coming out in january that i'm like is iss coming out in january i don't know i don't
0: know i don't know what i what that is I, now so cool. to to, to yeah. end this oh there is he he is in a movie I, I was trying to think like since my blade podcast is mostly horror is there a horror movie that jason statham is in and yes it's one of his first movies actually it's his fourth movie that he ever did
1: can't think of what that would be uh so snatch or Lockstock and snatch and Something it's a John Carpenter that. movie. Oh, Vampires. Uh yeah. Ghost of Mars. Ghost of Mars, sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ghost of Mars. He was in that with Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to look to see if he's done another horror movie. And I can't seem to find oh, I mean, do you consider Meg or Meg 2 a horror movie? Not really. Uh, okay. Well, as much of a horror movie as this is, I guess, The Beekeeper. But the real horror movie is Ghost of Mars by John Carpenter, where he plays Sergeant Jericho Butler, (laughs) which is a great name. Oh, God. Um, But bloody being violent and horror, we can talk about. Bloody bloody and violent, we can talk about it on my bloody podcast. So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh Ghost of Mars. I would like to see Jason Statham in more horror.
1: I would too. But like I said at the top, I'd like to see him not be uh always having the upper hand. I want him to like he gets stabbed in this one, like we said, but I want him to and see really that's another be... thing
0: about John Wick. John Wick got beat the fuck up, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he he kind of went a little Jeremy Sonier on on on, on it a little bit because yeah, his characters they have like a heart of gold and like think, but they're regular people and they get their asses kicked.
0: Yeah, he gets beat up like Mister Nobody.
1: Mister Nobody dead. is a good John Wick ripoff, and it's cut of that same cloth, <gasps> and they have some. World building going on in there, and some things, and some good fight sequences, and but that gar- that character gets his ass kicked, and that's what makes it interesting.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's true. So Jason Statham, David Ayer, Kurt Wimmer, The Beekeeper, it's out in theaters. I would imagine by the time March rolls around, it will be on Blu-ray, if not sooner. So yeah, we'll forget that yeah yes yes uh thank you for listening to my bloody podcast as always you can check press and i out on our other show please do fear and loathing and cinema podcast uh is out there please check us out there press and where else can they find you
1: uh you can find me on fresh we where i'm the features editor and on ditton record chronicle dot where i'm putting up interviews and reviews and disc reviews and all that fun stuff and Yeah. Yeah.
0: There you go. And I'm Brian Kluger. Type in Brian Kluger. You'll find me. You'll find all the social medias. Find me at highdefdigest.com and boomstickcomics.com. Thank you so much, my bloody podcast listeners. We love you.